to Dr. Annette West Speaks Podcast. Well, we have another exciting topic on today. I will be speaking on us looking at social security. Social security. Well, why talk about social security? If we continue to live, it's something that's going to impact all of us. Let me give a little brief history on Social Security. This act, and it also has several provisions also, um, created a social insurance program, and it was designed to pay workers who were at the age of 65 or older a continuing income. And it was signed into law by President Roosevelt in 1935. This program was designed for workers to fund their own benefits through additional income taxes. So when we work, we pay into our social security from our taxes. And so what we have to know, social security provides retirement benefits to workers with a history of earned income. That was initially how it was developed. But in 1939, there were two amendments that were added to the program and it extended benefits to dependents and survivors of those with earned Social Security benefits. And then regular ongoing um, retiree um, retirement benefits began. This program, it remained virtually unchanged until the 1950s. So that was about 15 years when Congress passed legislation to increase monthly benefits to offset the effects of inflation and to expand Social Security coverage to disabled workers. Social Security began to experience financial stress in the 1970s. Well, think about it. If Social Security is initially for those who pay into it, but you create other um, venues where refunds, where resources have to come out then there may be a deficit at some point. And so as a result of all of this, um, Social Security began to have financial stress in the 70s. And there were economic conditions that were not well at that time. And so at this time in the early 80s, the program faced its first short-term financing crisis. And so in response to this, at that time, President Ronald Reagan was in place and he appointed Greenspan Commission to make recommendations for legislative changes that would address the program's funding issues. And so as a result of that, several changes were made to Social Security in 1983. This included the partial taxation of benefits and also gradually raising the program's full retirement age from 65 to 67. And the goal of these reforms was to solve the program's immediate financing problems. Uh, It created a surplus of funds over the next few decades to prepare for the retiring baby baby boomer generation, which was expected to be a drain on the uh, program's reserve. And so in 
And so as a result of different changes, benefits are now expected to be payable in full currently until about 2037. And at this point, it says the trust fund reserves are projected to become exhausted. Now, this is from the Social Security Office of Retirement and Disability Policy. And they posted an article on the future financial status of the Social Security program by Stephen G. Goss. And he said that at the point where the reserves are used up, continuing taxes are expected to be enough to pay 76% of scheduled benefits. Thus, Congress will need to make changes to the scheduled benefits and revenue sources for the program in the future. The Social Security Board of Trustees projects that changes equivalent to an immediate reduction in benefits of about 13% or an immediate increase in the combined payroll tax, basically from 12.4 to 14.4% or some combination of these. But it's good to know that since the inception of the Social Security program in 1935, scheduled benefits have always been paid on time, basically through a sense of modifications in the law that should continue because Social Security provides a basic level of monthly income. And I don't know if people really realize this because some people say, well, I'm going to get my retirement and, and, and my Social Security and I'm going to be retired. But they don't realize, I think, that Social Security, when it was developed, was to meet 40, only 40% of a person's um, income. So where are people getting the other 60% of that income? There has to be other, other areas. I'm not going to talk about those today, but I'll just mention. So things like investments, things like um, 401ks, things like um, IRAs, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. But there are different elements that can be created where we have to pay into to help us in the long run. Now, if somebody has a, a job position and they have longevity with them, when they retire, if they retire, then they should get some type of income. But if you consider that, um, say, Social Security pays out to a person $2,000 a month, and if that's 40%, that means the person has to have another $3,000 coming from somewhere to make 100% for them to live on. And if you're like me, um, even though you're paying your bills, I'm paying my bills, the bills are getting paid on time, but bills seem to be going higher. Um, electric bill is getting higher. Water bills are going higher. Gas bills are going higher. It costs more to purchase homes. It costs more to rent places. It, everything costs more. And so where will, you know, a great question is, where will you be when you retire financially? Will you have the needed resources in place to retire? Or will you retire and be struggling as many people are doing? The current state of our Social Security, um, Greenspan Commission said the Social Security Trust Fund accumulates more each year than it is spending. So that's not a good thing. And the fund maintains its surplus as, as of the end of 2017. So this is a 2018 uh, um, article right here. This is a Forbes magazine. But it says that, however, changing demographics largely due to the retiring baby boomers generation have longer lifespans and reduced birth rates in the U.S. 
are quickly depleting the program reserves. So people are living longer, so they will be on Social Security longer. But there's not enough people having babies who are going to be getting to the age where they can work and, and then put resources into uh, financial resources into the Social Security. So. Also in the report, it said in 2000, there were four workers per retired beneficiary. And it says the number fell to 2.8 workers per retiree in 27. And the Social Security Administration projects that there will be 2.2 covered workers for each beneficiary by 2035. So this means if you think about it, there's going to be a lot less resources coming in. And so... Some people, you know, have said, oh, my gosh, the Social Security um, Administration is going to lapse. It's going to collapse because of currently facing issues of long term insolvency. There's going to possibly need to be some new legislation put into place. Um, the reports that I looked at, do, none of the researchers believe that um, Social Security will disappear completely. but that the percentage factor may go down. So where a person was getting, say, 40%, they may only get 75% of that 40%. So they'll get 30% instead of 40%. So now they will have to ensure that they have another 70% coming in from somewhere. So the good thing to know is that it's not going to disappear, but the... The other side of that is that it may decrease. So definitely something that we all should take into consideration in preparing for um, our long-term life on, um, on, the, on this earth. I hope not to die anytime soon. So therefore, I want to keep the same standard of living when I retire that I have now. I think when I got my last report, um, it said if I retired at 67, I would get like $1,700 or something like that at this point. But if I, if I wait until I'm 70, then it would increase about 300. But if I waited till I was 72, it would even increase more. So question will be, will I take this amount at 67? I can't imagine that because I can't imagine that I don't want to be working at 67. So I'll probably let it roll and take it, you know, on the long, on the long um, end of it. But every year, there are annual report, annual reports being prepared by the trustees of the Social Security Administration. And those reports help Congress to see any early warnings, any future challenges, so that they have time to make desired changes in a careful and thoughtful manner. So really, when it comes to Social Security, there should not be any uh, last minute jumping through hoops to try to find an answer to change anything, because these reports are coming forward at on a, a regular basis, yearly. In another article that I was looking at, and um, I don't know if you all um, get AARP 
but I I do, and they uh, have a monthly uh, is it monthly bulletin? Well, they have a bulletin that comes out. I don't know if it's monthly or weekly, but this particular one that I received this month talks about Social Security and the real facts. And some of the things that I it mentioned, I did like the first thing it said, just know it is not going to get bankrupt, which is basically what I have already said. Yeah, there may be some changes. There may even be um, increase of people's taxes. There may be um, maybe a, a, a downward from 40, you know, that 40% to 30%, but there will be something. Um, their article says something that Congress will likely not take up Social Security reform anytime soon. So that means there's something to look at, but it's not a stressful situation. But it says, talking about money flows, up to 132900 of a person's wages in 2019 will be subject to a 12.4% payroll tax. Self-employed workers pay the entire amount. And I remember I was self-employed. I had my own business. And I'm telling you, the taxes that I paid out for the people that work for me, that portion for them, and then the whole amount for myself and a, a, another family member, it just got to be too much. I, was, I got to the point that I was paying out more taxes than I was able to enjoy money. So there are trust funds in place. There's money that flows in. And then there's money that flows out. So I talked about the 132,900 of a person's wages. It flows in 12.4% of their taxes. Money that flows out are workers are, is when workers are eligible to begin receiving Social Security retired benefits. It can be as early as 62, but claiming at that age results in the smallest benefits. Those workers who wait to claim until age 70, they benefit the largest. It says in, in 2017, the total income going into the Social Security system was $996.6 billion. 88% of that was tax money contributed by workers and employees. 80% was interest on the Social Security trust funds and 4% was on taxes on Social Security benefits. That was what was going in. But it says going out from the same system in 2017, 84% of benefits to retirees or to their widows, their spouses, 15% benefits to disabled workers. Remember, initially Social Security was not about disabled workers. But that was added in there. So then that pulls out another percentage that draws away from the working people in getting Social Security percentages. It's um, set 0.7% financial or administrative costs and 0.4% rail, railroad retirement funds. So out of 9.9.6 billion coming in in 27, 9 million five. And let me rephrase that. 952.5 billion came out. So that only left about 44 billion still in the pot for the year. 
So something, something to uh, think about. This article says that it really, it pays to wait. It pays to wait. When should you start claiming social security retirement benefits? The math is clear. Wait until age 70 if you can. That will maximize your monthly and lifetime benefits, assuming you live to the average life expectancy for people of your age. So and a good example they gave was, they gave was a person received the 75% full benefit at the age of 62. They received $1,500 a month. I'm going to jump up that it, if they waited to age 65, they got 93.3%, which was 1866 if they waited till they, and I'm jumping in three three years, 62 to 65 to 68, if they waited till 68, they would get 116% at $2,320. And look, if they waited to age 70, they would get 132% at $2,640. So that means the person who takes their retirement at 62 only gets $1,500. But if they wait another eight years, it will increase by $1,140. And to me, when I look around me, 70 is really young these days. When I was 20, I thought 70 was old. Now that I'm hitting 60 myself, 70 is pretty young. So I just wanted to share just a little bit. on social security just a little something that we need to be mindful of i'm going to come back maybe tomorrow or the next day and share on um retirement retirement plans because we need to get ourselves together and we need to make sure that we're handling things um correctly so that it, when it is time to retire we are not feeling destitute but we realize that we have done what we needed to do and we have the necessary resources to have an enjoyable life. I was I'll close out by talking about, I was talking to a friend of mine that her and her husband retired. And I said, how's the income? She said, we're doing better than when we were working. She says, we don't have to buy clothes for work. We don't have to um, put gas in our car and commute to work. So it's a lot of things that we cut out. So that money has, you know, given us the opportunity to travel and do different things. So that's where we want to be with our retirement. We want to be able to enjoy our life and do the things that maybe we couldn't do when we were younger. So uh, Dr. Annette West signing out now. I hope that you enjoyed this. Listen, check me out on DrAnnetteWestMinistries.org. Check me out also on Facebook at Annette West. And I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.